Well, welcome back to the Cordell and Cordell and Men's Divorce video and podcast. I'm Scott Trout, CEO and managing partner of Cordell and Cordell. And as always, we continue to bring to you the latest information as it relates to COVID-19 and how it's affecting guys before, during, and after divorce and really all aspects of family law. We continue to bring you attorneys from around the country at Cordell and Cordell who can provide to you some real-time information and really some of the issues that uh, many guys have questions about. So today, uh, I'm joined by Cassandra out in San Diego. Welcome. Thank you, Scott. How are you? Doing great. So, you know, maybe before we get into really what uh, you and I were talking about, which is jurisdiction, it's kind of a, a real challenging, you know, term that many don't understand, really maybe give guys an update. I know we talked to Rosario in San Diego a couple of weeks ago, but give us an update as what's going on in the court system. You know, well, is they- it open? So. They extended our closure until May 22nd, which effectively makes it till May 26th because of the Memorial Day holiday. Mm. They are working on letting us, figuring out a way for us to file. So we are at this point waiting to be able to just file our paperwork because we haven't been able to file anything. So we were supposed to roll out e-filing this month for our family court. And it just, um, they're gonna try to speed it up and let us do it still because we, can't file anything. So we are, we have a stack of things ready to go out the day uh, that the court does open. So we do want guys to know that just because we can't file, we need you to come in because we can get it done and ready. So the minute we're ready, we ha- we're right on top of it. Yeah, to your kind of jump in line, I know that there'll be a mad rush to file, especially in states like California and New York, where they've been really slow to allow people to e-file unlike other states. So, you know, we'll talk a little bit about that, the incentives and Three weeks ago, we talked about uh, the five mistakes guys make during COVID, and one of them is inaction regardless of the status of the court system. And so I think your, your point is well taken that just because the building's closed and the filing's prohibited doesn't mean you should do nothing. So it's a good point. So really today we wanted to talk about, and I think you suggested, I think it's a really good topic, to kind of explain to guys what jurisdiction means. And that is oftentimes a, a very legal technical argument that Uh, can affect guys in in really all aspects, whether it's a divorce or a motion to modify in terms of child support, because that's really um, a big factor, especially with the mobile society that we have. And post-divorce, you know, people move from state to state, city to city, and the question becomes, where do I file? And so maybe first and foremost, as an introduction, just kind of talk about what does it mean, jurisdiction, who does it apply to? Yeah, jurisdiction has been an issue. I've had a lot of initials lately that have come in with these issues, so I thought it would be important to make sure that we kind of give people an overview and our our guys and our clients. Uh, Jurisdiction is what court has the power to hear your case. A lot of people think that because there's a judge on the bench, then they have the power to hear your case. That's not technically true in all cases, and so jurisdiction is, hey, where do I file this paperwork? And if I do file it here and I wait all this time to get into court, is that judge actually even going to be able to have the power to make orders regarding my case? Because we've had a couple of initials come in saying, hey, I filed my paperwork in X state and the judge now says that they can't hear it and they've wasted all of these months of time because they didn't realize that that's not the court they should have filed in. 
Yeah. I mean, I think that is, it's one of those things where we always ask you to, where have you lived for the last X period of days? We were really trying to understand to make sure that we're not wasting money and putting in a a court or a city or a county in which it doesn't apply, because that's the furry first challenge that will come out of the gate. So maybe the way to explain it, as you suggest, is to go through a number of examples and questions and uh, really to give them situations and guys that are listening that can kind of get a better understanding, because we can get really lofty with the UCCJEA and, and how it applies. That's just this, the law that really governs most of the states around the country. If they follow it, it's either the JEA or the JA. And so maybe the first question for you is this. Um, I want a divorce for my wife, and we've lived in San Diego for years. Where do I file? In San Diego, you would file in the courthouse. We have four, so you would be able to file in San Diego in the courthouse that's closest to the county you live in. We have a North County, an East County, a South Bay, and a Downtown. So you would be able to file there because you've lived here for years. And California jurisdiction is six months for a divorce, three months if you want a legal separation, but the legal separation isn't actually a divorce, which is why it gets a little complicated. And so we want to make sure that we're asking the right questions and guys know the right questions they need to ask. So you yeah. would be filing here in San Diego if you've been living here four years. And so this is a good time to always talk about my disclaimer because as we start talking about the law and how it may or may not apply to you, because as you point out, there's all these questions that are going to be asked by your attorney. And so keep in mind, this isn't legal advice and it can't be because there are so many situational differences. The facts matter and legal advice can vary case by case, and you may have very similar cases and two different results and two different pieces of advice, just because there's small nuances. So again, this is educational. I'm licensed in Missouri, Illinois, and Georgia. Cassandra's licensed in California. And you're listening or watching right now, and, and you know you may be in Alabama or Mississippi or Florida or New York or somewhere around the country. Obviously, we have an office where you are. And if you need uh, actual uh, advice, you want to get a hold of us at one eight six six dads law or contact us on the web at cordellcordell.com. Search it out, find an office near you, set up that virtual or telephonic conversation and consultation, and that's where we're gonna give you the true legal advice during that meeting, not this one. This one's just for you to take some notes, make that, take some action, get a phone call, uh, get a consult with an attorney, and certainly we're available. But Cassandra, then the next one is we keep kind of rolling along, trying to give guys some ideas what, how this applies to them. My wife and I were divorced in San Diego, but we've now moved out of California and we're having issues regarding our children, what do they do? So it, this one's gonna depend, which is definitely something you learn in law school that everything depends on the facts, just as you were saying. So we, if, if dad moves to, let's say Wisconsin and mom moves to, let's say Tennessee, and the dad has had the child for more than six months at a time in Wisconsin, but they were divorced in San Diego, California has what we call original and continuing jurisdiction, which means that since the first orders were made here, California will have jurisdiction until and unless another court is willing and able to step in and they have jurisdiction. So with dad moving to another state and mom also moving out of California, then California would be able to hand off jurisdiction to another state. Well, now we have an issue because dad's in one state and mom's in another. Well, since the child has been with dad for six months, then the UCCJA, which governs the children, would control, and dad would want to file in Wisconsin. Filing in Wisconsin, he would need a copy of his divorce decree from California, and he would domesticate it in Wisconsin. And so some states have different ways of doing that, and sometimes you need a California attorney to just file a motion that says, hey, I'm here, please send this over to Wisconsin. But the problem that people have is that 
you have to file and you have to serve. A lot of states don't consider filing the date they go back to. They consider service. So if you don't file and serve in the correct period of time, when you go to what we call a UCCJEA conference, which is when the judges talk to each other from each state to decide who has jurisdiction, then if you didn't serve it and the other person served it first, it's possible that that service means that that court is going to have jurisdiction instead. So we have to be really on top of this. And I just had a case where we had this issue and we were able to serve mom before mom served him. And where I'm just facilitating the transfer of our case out of California, I am working very diligently with his other attorney in his other state to make sure that we do it seamlessly together so everything goes in his favor rather than letting him try to worry about what's going on. We have so many offices, Scott, that's one of the best things that we have at Cordell is that if I have an issue in any other state, almost any other state, I can just go on, pick up the phone, get to an attorney and know exactly what we need to do, work together seamlessly. Our guys don't have to question and worry. I don't have to look in a, in a book on the internet, try to find somebody. I know we have our own great lawyers. For some dads out there, the coronavirus pandemic has become a pretext to limit access to their children. Other dads have been pushed out of key decisions affecting their children's lives. If you're one of those dads, Cordell & Cordell is here for you, as always, but with expanded services. We can meet you in person or by video conference on weekdays, evenings, or weekends. Our goal is to step up our service to meet your needs now. You know, this whole jurisdictional issue really comes to, to life for guys right now during COVID where they, you know, they maybe got divorced in California and dad moved to another state. It's not getting the custody that's provided for the decree. And that's a really good example because dad's now, well, where do I file? And do I go to California? Am I in Nebraska? What do I do? And that's really why guys listening right now, that's a perfect example. But kind of continuing on to that previous example where both parties moved out of California, what if neither have been in a state for six months. You know, you'll hear that a lot in the UCCJE about a six-month rule. What happens if neither have a six-month residency in either state? It depends on if they've had a residency before in another state. So the UCCJA controls if they lived in California before they moved and they were here for the continuous six months, then California would have jurisdiction. You could still file in another state and ask the court to say, hey, we're both not living there anymore. There's no reason it should stay there. But they, these technicalities are where it gets sticky. And if one person wants to file in California and one want, wants to file in another state, you want to make sure that you have the people that can say, hey, I understand the six-month rule applies, but neither one of these parties have ties to this state anymore. So even though that is the state that should have jurisdiction, there's nobody living there to keep a jurisdiction. So yeah. part of this is, is statutory and part of it is common sense. You know, the California court's not going to say, well, I'm going to keep jurisdiction over somebody that's not even living here or going to be here. It just doesn't make sense. But you don't know that unless you have, have the people on board to help you figure that out. Yeah. And as you really begin, if, if that is an issue, and I think one of the things, and I have this a lot, where um, I have parties living in different states. Um, I actually had someone living in the territory of the United States and, and uh, someone living in the United States mainland. 
And the question became, a, a, for our client, a choice of law, meaning which law is going to be more favorable to them. It's clear that both may have jurisdiction, and it would really be a race to the courthouse because uh, there were no kids involved. And so really, it's a conversation with your lawyer about, hey, what's going to be more favorable to me? You know, looking at the judges, looking at the potential rulings, looking at you know, spousal support, property division, misconduct. There's so many things and variances across the United States, including some of the territories, that you really need to make that decision, and jurisdiction becomes one of them. And so let's carry on the conversation on this and with examples. My wife and I were divorced in Montana, and we'd since have moved to California and lived there for years. My wife or ex-wife is now trying to move our son from California to Florida. What do I do or what can I do? So that one's a really good one. That's also another issue I've had with clients coming in where – They've, he's already chased her to California. She's already moved here, but now she wants to, to move again. And she's moving and using the previous order to control the situation to say, hey, before that, from this order from 10 years ago when this child was a baby and you barely saw him, that I should be able to move again with him. Whereas in the last five years, dad has moved to California, established a 50-50 schedule with this child. The child's now 13 that you need to file to domesticate that order in California and then ask to modify it based on the current circumstances. And then once you file those things, mom can't just take the child. Mom would then need a court order because all of California's custody visitation orders mandate that without written consent, you cannot move unless you have written consent or court order. Yeah. That whole relocation is such a huge issue. Um, whether you live in the same state, separate states, you know, I get it a lot. You know, she's threatening to move. What do I do? And, and first and foremost, you, you know, there are states like Missouri and California that put in orders that require consent and notification and time periods. And you need to act, get a consultation, make sure you're protecting your rights so you don't give those up on a relocation, especially now. Um, we see a lot of relocation issues in the summer right before school starts. So they try to get jurisdiction. They try to get the child enrolled. And, you know, it's almost too late. Once a child's enrolled in a school system and they begin, judges are very reluctant to uproot them and bring them back. And, and so that's really kind of the race. And you just got to be aware of it. So the other complication with jurisdiction really is military, you know, and that's the question. There's a lot of military uh, members listening right now and watching, and they have a question. They may claim a different state residency. So how does this apply to them and what do they do? So this is one of my favorite topics, Scott. We are in San Diego. We have a lot of bases here. We have Navy. We have Marines. My husband's in the Marines. So this is one that I do a lot of our military cases here. I love it. The jurisdiction issues, the different twists and turns for our military guys. The issue that we have with your state of, of residency really comes down to what's going to be best for you. Like you were saying earlier, hey, I get it. You might be able to file there. And that's fine, but should you? What are the what are the issues with filing there? What if you have a child in California? You can technically file for a divorce in another state and do child custody in a different state also. But do you want to do that? Is that something that you want to fight to, uh, you know, two different wars on two different fronts and pay two different attorneys to do all these things? And so you really have to talk about that. And in California, what we have and what we put in all of our most of our filings is that we have a case that says, hey, if you have put it in your petition or in your response that you're challenging California jurisdiction, California doesn't technically have jurisdiction over your retirement because you're a federal employee. You are here because you were ordered to be here from the federal government. And therefore, if you claim a different state of residency and we can prove that that's your residence, 
then California doesn't have jurisdiction over dividing your your either your TSP yeah. or any of your retirement, which is such a big deal, especially for our long-term marriages that, hey, you know, and we might say, hey, we'll do everything else in California, but we're going to kick that retirement issue to another state that's more favorable to us because we can do that. So yeah. really, we in that that's, again, one of the best parts about Cordell is that if I have an issue and I know that that's another state involved, I can just pick up the phone and call one of my other attorney friends in one of our other offices and say, hey, here's what we've got. What does your laws look like? What do we think we should do with this guy? And you get two attorneys that are helping you out and we didn't even have to, there was no delay in time at all. Yeah. I mean, it is that one of the benefits, you know, we are in 37 states, including now the UK and, you know, we have guys around the country watching, we can serve your needs pretty much everywhere you are. And in, in the cross collaboration between our attorneys and our offices is wonderful. Like right now we have one in Pennsylvania that's transferring to Connecticut. We've had one in Vegas going to Florida. Um, it's very nice in, on, you know, in terms of our ability and the size when we have 300 lawyers to be able to serve our clients nationwide and now including internationally. But now the question becomes really about timing and, and when do I file? Because uh, especially if you have in like, I know my experience when I think of these, I think of the absent uh, spouse who's relocated, trying to assert a jurisdiction in a state, and let's just call it 90 days before they can file. That really is the time where you have to jump, right? You have to do something right now in order to preserve jurisdiction. Yeah, because if they've left and you're just trying to still work it out, because what a lot of these women will do is they'll, they'll string you along saying that, oh, we're only here for the summer, and then mm -hmm. summer turns into the school year, and then it's then they'll say, oh, well, we're trying to get back together. I just need a minute. I just need a little break. And what they're doing is they're establishing their jurisdiction. And so California or whatever state before would still have that jurisdiction. But you have to file because it goes from the date of filing. The child needs to have been there the six months continuous so that the longer you wait, the more that they're getting themselves a really, really good argument as to why they should be able to stay even though they moved under false pretense. Yeah. You know, I think why this is important, you think about it, we don't want to mix, I think it's easy to mix jurisdiction with venue. We use these two words and they are really different. You know, jurisdiction may be a state and venue is a county. And so that's, I think it's important for guys and why this matters is for them to ask questions because it very well may be that someone, your wife, has filed in the wrong county, in the wrong venue, in the wrong state. Just because they filed doesn't mean you have to answer. It doesn't mean you have to live with it. And I think it's a conversation you should be having and your attorney should be addressing it with you and asking questions about, we know I noticed she filed in Texas, but how long has she been there? And so that's why it's important. Uh, I met with someone two weeks ago and she did relocate to Texas. I said, we've got to file right now. And I know your marriage, you, you want to try to save it. So there may be opportunities in Missouri. We can file for legal separation. It's kind of affirmatively stating, look, I want to save my marriage, but I also want to protect my rights. There are a lot of things guys can do to maintain appropriate jurisdiction, maybe appropriate venue, you know, a county versus a city, whatever it may be. So this is hugely important why it matters. But I think as you suggest, filing is so important and crucial um, to just take action. If not, just have an, an, a meeting with an attorney, right? Yeah, to just ask the questions. Yeah, I mean, they'll be able, they'll be well-versed in the jurisdictional as well as the venue. And they'll be able to give you some options. And sometimes I can tell you is that I've seen uh, opposing party file when they knowingly don't have jurisdiction, 
hoping you simply file a response. And now you've you know, made yourself available. You've kind of consented to jurisdiction when it didn't really lie properly. So that's the technical part that I think I enjoy very much. And you know, you, you've talked about it. It's, it's ways that we can develop strategies to kind of put you in a really good position. Because let me tell you, if I'm fighting my spouse and, and she wants to file in Texas, but jurisdiction lies in California, I think we have the upper hand if we can get California court file system first, because she doesn't want to come back to California, right? Nope, she doesn't. She's not going to want to be pulled back. Yeah. And so now you've got the the upper hand and, and now we may be in a position where we can save you money by settling the case because she doesn't want to have to travel back and forth, hire two attorneys. And that's the kind of the money saving strategies, especially when it comes to those types of issues that I think are important. So Cassandra, this is, uh, I think when you give great examples like this and guys can connect with those types, you know, we use San Diego and California as, and Florida as just, you know, random states, but insert your state in any of those examples and they can apply to you. So thanks for joining us on that. It's really good stuff. Thanks for having me, Scott. So, you know, as you're thinking, listening and watching to this, you know, you probably have questions about jurisdiction and venue and set up that consultation with us at 866-DADS-LAW or online at CordellCordell.com. We have attorneys across the United States and in the UK to help you and answer your questions. We can do it virtually and, you know, via Zoom or FaceTime, whatever's more convenient and comfortable for you. And we do have availability in person where state authorities allow, but obviously health and safety is our first priority for you and for our attorneys and our employees and staff. So, you know, this is something we want to continue to bring to you. Tune into this video and podcast every day as we bring examples, just like what Cassandra brought to you and really relevant topics during COVID that many don't think about. And so now's the time for us to, to talk about it uh, and to be concerned about it. So also check in on our virtual town hall on Thursdays. Well, remember, you can join in live, ask questions, and get answers from our group of Cordell panelists every Thursday during our virtual town hall. So thanks for joining. Until next time.